How do you like it at Argus? It's nice. Well, what is it? I just wanted to talk to you about some of the things that have been happening here lately. It's useless to try and explain it to you. You wouldn't understand. It all seems so absurd. So fantastic. All I can do is get away from you as soon as possible. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hey, hey. This week, we have a very special treat. <laughs> we, we sat down and we watched both versions of Suspiria, the 1977 classic, <laughs> and, and the 2000, what was it, 2018 remake. It's not a so. remake. Oh, reimagining? It's a reimagining. There you have it. So, <laughs> so buckle up. Get ready. It's going to be a bumpy ride. You're telling me. <laughs> uh, sweet Jesus. So get, you want to give us a quick summary? Before, I don't know how we're going to. Before we get into this, because Please. I watch these back to back. Yes. The other day, I had just fallen asleep and something startled me. And I woke up and there was a monster on the end of the bed crawling towards me. And I started, I screamed and woke my son up. And he came and I was like, what's going on? Why are you freaking out? And it was like a pile of clothes on the end of my bed. So you think it was uh, witches giving yeah, you I, bad dreams? I think your night terrors are contagious. And uh, maybe it's time we switched uh, over to some sci-fi for a little bit. I think that's, a, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> not a bad idea at all. Sharing is caring. Sweet Jesus. Okay, so so hit me up. What is <sighs> Suspiria seventy-seven? What's the word? No, I'm just so, the... I'm just giving you straight up. Both Suspirias are about this. Boom. Okay. Girl shows up to Berlin. Uh, what appears to be a dance academy. I, I think the first movie was Munich, wasn't it? No, it's Berlin. You're wrong. Are they both? Okay. They're Fair both, as far as I remember, I believe they're both Berlin. Okay. But but I will double check. But thanks for interrupting my flow. You <laughs> Anyway, I didn't know Germany is where people go for uh, special dance training. But any, yes. But anyway, she shows up. Weird things happen. Uh, strange behavior. Strange dancing, quite frankly. Yes. Uh, people are disappearing. People are investigating. Guess what? Boom. Witches. Witches. And they don't like you, lady. In the end, our star survives. In some cases, uh, maybe the witches don't survive. But that's it. That about covers it. I mean, frankly, <laughs> there ain't much here. In the first movie, there ain't much, honestly. It's much more about the visuals than the story, I yeah, think, of the first one. Maybe so. So, nicely done. Um, no, in the I, first one, it's the visuals and the, the creativity of how you're going to kill various people. But it seemed like not that many people died in the first one. But it was creative. It was very right. creative. So we're going to talk about the first one, the, the original classic Dario Argento, 1977, Suspiria, which means size. Right. It comes from a, was it a novel? 
Suspiria de Profundis, which means sighs from the depths. Um, or, but in, also, or a deep sigh. Interesting. Like Profonda Rosa. The, the deep sigh. The deep now, red. Now, I also read that it can also be translated as whispers. I believe in the second movie, they actually say size. Yes, they do. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Why is it called size? Who knows? I, it, it's Who part knows? of a trilogy. Remember in the second one, they're talking about the three mothers? Yes. So there's actually a trilogy of Argento movies that go along with Suspiria being one of them. So I, I don't know what all that's about. It's great. Now, when did you first hear of Suspiria? What were your initial impressions? I never heard of, of Dario Argento until I dated an Italian man. To them, as, as young kids, this is their Friday the 13th series. Right. The, to, as, as important Friday the 13th is to your generation, to Italians, it's all these Argento movies. I can see that. I I had never, obviously, as a child, I'd never heard of any of these uh, Italian films. Um, the deep dive of horror, no Argento. Even right. Joe Bob, they were talking about Suspiria. That's exactly right. It's like the it, moment you get into the deep horror society or culture, then you start hearing about Dario Argento. Next thing I'm going to recommend, uh, the Mexican horror, Coffin Joe. But I think you might really hate that. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally gonna say it's like that'd be a nice change of pace for what you recommend that I hate. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but I, I'd heard of this movie um probably when I got to college, but I hadn't seen it. I had never seen it until this illustrious sit-down. Now now tell me, at first the first time I saw it, I think it was on uh, I'm not sure if it was this or Inferno that I had to watch bootleg on YouTube. Uh, the first time I saw this, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Right. Uh, both of these movies I had seen once before, but I think they're better the second showing. I don't know. But I, I will tell you, I, I, I was better able to understand it the second time around. And I can appreciate some of the visuals a little bit more. I love uh, the colors. It looks like it's taken place in some kind of like Art Deco whorehouse with the black right. and velvet paintings. I love the blue filters everywhere, the the red filters. Yeah, a lot of red walls. Red walls, all red and blue, red and blue, a little bit of green. Yep. But but it's like it makes me want to go on Amazon and go get some uh, gel fil theatrical filters for uh, my photography. It's I mean, very this awesome. This is what they were going for. This is what I would call kind of that artsy fartsy European bullcrap. <laughs> where it where it is, it's very much like the visuals. In my imp impression, I thought the it was visuals. some kind of like German expressionism kind of thing with the extreme looks, maybe. Right. Um, I just wish they would have focused a little more on the plot. Now, well, here's a question: You yes. watched Profonda Rosa, and now you've watched Asperia. Which one? I think Which Rosa is much better. Is much better in my opinion. Stronger story. Much stronger. I, much I, stronger. I was gonna say I almost like Suspiria a little bit better. You know, well, you know what? Because you got the the baby songs and all that. 
I thought it was that was the other thing. The Goblins uh, did the soundtrack for this movie, and Profondo Rosso. It was like you knew it was Goblins. Like it, they would hit those music cues, yeah. And you were you were in it. This one, I don't even remember the music cues, frankly. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. You know, it's this movie to me. I just I found it kind of boring. Okay. Truly, I didn't find it scary. Now, maybe it's now like, it's I just about don't find... an hour shorter than the reimagined. Thank Jesus. <laughs> yes, there. I mean, arguably, I've liked this the first one better than the remake. Arguably, and I didn't like the first one, so <laughs> that tells you something. No, it was. I I don't find which is scary. I think it's part of the thing. You know what I mean? It's like we talked about ghosts are terrifying in the movies we've watched. Witches, I just find them kind of whatevs. I don't know. You want to you, you hear my theory? Lay it on me. Because you're a feminist man, that's why you don't find witches threatening. Clearly, I think both these movies just delve into the fear that, that some men have when women get together. That's interesting. That's always my thing about witches. It's about a power shift. Here's my feminist hoot and holler. I I, I'm just making this up as I go, but this this is my thought. It's like, you know, the whole what do women do when they're all why do they all go to the bathroom together? Because they're putting a curse on you. That's what they're doing. (laughs) It's and they they always make them lesbians because men always think women have this this edge. They're they're right on the edge, you know. Okay, good times. I think in this both of these movies deal with with a certain level, especially this. Uh, they're both Italian men, so they both have that. Yeah, uh, I mean they, they don't say machismo in uh, Italian, but but it's, it's basically that. It's basically that. It, it's a male dominated kind of society, and look what's gonna look what's happened if you leave women to their own. Well, why don't we why don't we jump right into the highlights? Because we're getting kind of metaphysical at this stage of the game. We're going, we're deep diving. Well, I I don't know about you, but there's this coronavirus here, so I'm inside the house a lot, so I have time to to think about uh, conspiracy theories and witches and demons (laughs) on my bed. Now, (laughs) now I thought the the corona was was no existe in uh, the Baco area. Oh no! Outside of my house, it seems that it no exists day, but uh, I'm in the bunker. So, <laughs> although I might go to the farmers market. Uh, good luck. <laughs> wash, wash the fruits and vegetables. That's my advice. They have, they're extra corona. Extra corona. Um, okay. Do you want to start with the highlights for uh, Suspiria '77? All right. I, we already talked about the, the bold colors. You're in a blue room. You're in a red room. Yes. The, the heavy use of, of the gel lighting, which I freaking love. I'm, I'm going to delve off again because I, I went to the Profondo Rosa Museum in Rome. And when you go down, it's all props from his movies. And it, it's the same thing. You're, it's, you're, it's just the red light. And then next room is a blue light. It's that same kind of thing. Right. It, it's like a... a a $7 carnival haunted house. Oh, perfect. Except nothing moves and you just hear goblin music and baby songs. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I digress. So one of my favorite uh, parts from Suspiria 77 is she, the, the chick is trying to uh, uh, escape and she goes through this kind of a uh, hole and falls into a room 
full of razor wire. Oh, we got to talk about this. We got to talk. This was on my list as well. Boom. So, so she's being pursued by a killer who, and a faceless killer. She's got, she's behind it's not, the door. It's not our protagonist. It's no. somebody who's, somebody else who's realized what's going on and is trying to warn the protagonist. Right. It is Sarah. Sarah, who plays an important role in the remake as well. Right. So she's being pursued with the killer who's got a straight razor, right? The door's locked. Killer can't get in. She slides a straight razor through the crack in the door to try to lift up the latch. Lift up the latch. Uh-huh. And I just kept thinking, you could literally just hold the latch down. And she can't, yeah. she can't do something. Why would you do back that. away? That's right. what I didn't understand. I mean... I watch a lot of horror movies, so yep. the thing when the doorknob's wiggling, I'd be over there holding that. that For reals! Bit. I'd be laying my body against that door. They ain't coming in. That's what I'm talking about. So, yeah. <laughs> so, she backs away, you know, puts a bunch of suitcases on a thing and, and climbs up through, like, an interior window, jumps into a room, and jumps into barbed wire all over the floor. It's like, look, the audience couldn't see the floor. Right? The way the camera was set, the audience could not see there was It looks like she's just going into another room until all of a sudden she falls. Well, she jumps. But that's the thing. She can see from her angle. She can look right down into the barbed wire and see that's what's down there. So that she basically made a choice. I'm going for the barbed wire at this stage I of the don't, game. I think it was a surprise by the look on her face. Well, yes. <laughs> Yes, but it doesn't make sense. Unless she's got, like, barbed wire blindness or something. I think she, it's the adrenaline, Kevin, clearly. That, that's it's the it adrenaline. It was kind of dark. She was blinded by the blue filters, and and uh, she just jumped. Maybe she thought and, it was candy floss or something. Maybe she didn't realize it was razor wire. Seriously. But so was, she that, jumps. was it not a surprise? It was a surprise to me. <laughs> Absolutely. I was like, what is she? And then it was like... Literally, she tangles herself in this barbed wire. Flailing like, a, like flailing. a fish out of water. It was basically Martin Landau wrestling with the, uh, the oh. rubber uh, octopus oh in my Ed God. Wood. Oh my it was God. that I love, level. I love Ed Wood so much. It was that level. It was like, okay, you don't have to wrap yourself in the barbed wire. Okay. Good time. <laughs> yeah, that, was a, that was a scene. Yeah, that was on my list as well. Oh, and, and I couldn't even remember how she died. I'm like, well, maybe because I, I forgot how she died in there. I assumed she just flailed around and, and was deaf by a thousand cuts. I, I forgot about the part where somebody just sticks a hand in there and cuts her throat. Right. The, the uh, I was like, straight razor killer. The straight razor up. killer. They like using the straight razor yeah. uh, in Argento films. But uh, yeah, because in my mind, I'm like, okay, if you just stand still, I'm like, is she just supposed to bleed to death by a bunch of surface cuts or what? Oh, no. Oh, the, no. The close-up of the neck slash is always a, a uh, Argento classic. Good time. Extreme close-up. <laughs> um, one of my uh, scenes that I noticed was at the beginning. And it kind of, I thought it was going to set the tone because we're going to talk about uh, you know, this scene and the earlier scene where Pat escapes from the dance conservatory and goes to her friend's house. Right. Um, and she's looking out the window. It's thunder and wind. And a big old hairy arm comes through the window and grabs her and kind of pushes her into the glass. It was from, like from the upper level. Upper level. It was literally like Robin Williams' arm. It was so it was. It was so furry. It was. It was like a gorilla. 
But it, it looked like it was a woman's arm, but really hairy. I wonder if that's Argento. I, I meant to look that up. I, I didn't do that. Because wasn't it Argento's arm in Pafonderosa? Yes. Whenever you saw the, the point of view hands, then it was uh, Argento. I mean, you just suggesting it's an Italian thing, that it was that hairy? I don't know what you're trying to say. No, I'm saying it's I a... wonder if it's Dario Argento. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, you know, Pat is, is killed by the hairy-armed creature, flops through, like, plate glass, like, uh, church. What is that called? Plate glass window? The um, Stained glass? Stained glass window. Falls through that, and then her roommate gets impaled on uh, the glass below. So... Don't help. When your friend escapes from the dance conservatory, you cannot help or a big piece of stained glass will fall right into your head. And if you're hiding from someone, don't stand in the, in the window. Don't do it. Just don't do it. But that's the thing. It's like these scenes kind of, you thought were going to set the stage as kind of a profondo rosso kind of moment. Let, but let, there was Before you go off too far... Go so, ahead. And the arm comes through and pushes her head through the plate glass window. Yes. And then the next step, where the hell are they? I you, guess they're on the ledge outside the window. You don't see her falling. They no. look like they're outside on a patio. Right. What's happening? No, you're right. Yeah. All right. Getting stabbed, stabbed, stabbed. What I was going to say is like you got these two kind of, in my mind, kind of quintessential Argento scenes. But then there's 45 minutes of like dance rehearsal in between. It is a dance studio. I'm just like, what? The, <laughs> what is going on? I, there is the, the scene with the maggots that fall from the roof. Oh, and yeah. seemingly dribble down on everyone while they're trying to sleep. Oh, that yeah, was that lovely. Was, that was disgusting. Well, they kind of said, oh, we ordered some food or some meat. And I guess they mailed us some old rotten meat. Sorry, we put it in the attic for some reason. <laughs> we Was that ever store our meat in the attic? That's what I'm saying. Unrefrigerated, I guess. Why? What, was there any ever any explanation given as to why there was old rotten meat in a crate up in the attic? Did they we, ever discuss it? I assume it's a body. We assume that, but they don't, there's no reference. They didn't go collect those bodies, or did they? Maybe they collected the bodies from the did. opening scene. It, Threw them in a crate. Does, does it seem like there's a lot of unnecessary killing? Like if, if they just let people go instead of having to dispose of bodies? I assume disposing of bodies seems difficult. I've been watching ID Discovery now for three days solid, and maybe that's why I'm having bad dreams. But it does seem like it's hard to drag these bodies around and dispose of them properly because people keep getting caught. Well, what is it like? Pat leaves, we assume, because she found out they were witches, right? right. That's the whole thing. She one way or another, she so figures let her out. So who's going to believe her? This is like some world class studio, and, and people, you know, uh, have mental breakdowns. She's clearly they're like, oh yeah, she's schizophrenic. You could have just let her go. You'd think, but here's my question: unless they gain power with the murder. In the second movie, I think we know what the witch's scheme is. Do we know what the witch's scheme is in the first movie, other than just being witchy? No, uh, it is very vague. It's yes. Just, it's just witchy, and witches do bad things. It's some right. kind of, I mean, something, her vitality is supposed to do something to the old withered lady. 
Right, Mother Marcos. Ma- whatever, Mother right? Marcos. In fact, I was watching something yesterday, and I heard the word Marcos. I'm like, Mother Marcos? Mother Marcos. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, it's not very specific, nor does it really tell us why it has to be her. When they're clearly, why, why wasn't it the girl who is going to blow the whistle on the whole thing? You know? Right. Well, it, yes. Because it's like Pat finds out her best friend Sarah stays and is very distraught or whatever. Right. Um, and she's the one who does the investigating that eventually leads to her doom. Uh, what's her name? Susie, who's the, the American who's come uh, recently to join the conservatory. Um, what is it? She has like one rehearsal and kind of gets faint or something. So yes. then they say you have to have weeks of bed rest and eat this crazy food, and drink this wine, which is thick as hell. Yeah. It was like tomato juice. So here, drink this wine. What point would she no, try to dump the wine out? But she dumps it out in the sink and it is thick as hell. She has to like wipe it down. I don't know. That's they weird. were drugging. They were drugging her. They were drugging for some her reason. to to do something. Well, they're knocking her out. So for sure, we don't know why because her friend, who tries, this is what you get for helping people, yeah. who's trying to help her, uh, tells her all the all the stuff. So of course she's out of it. Meanwhile, later skater. Later skater. Get. It's a sad situation. If, if you're dealing with witches, don't try to help people. That's that's always help, the rule. Help yourself, man. Help yourself. That's right. Um, anything else from Suspiria that you could think? Any other highlights? Oh my God, there were so many uh, fantastical, gruesome deaths. Why, after they they stab the uh, what's her name, Patrizia or whatever? Why did they then drag her back and push her through the same glass window and hang her in the middle of the? Right. That's a good question. That seems like overkill at that point. Yeah, I guess I guess just to drop uh, the piece of stained glass onto the roommate da- who's downstairs screaming for some reason. Oh my god! Murder! I, I just found this deep website. Lessons we can learn from Argento Suspiria. They're claiming that like the staircase and everything are yeah. are Disney esque. Well, I did. This is kind of behind the scenes, and we can talk about it. But the script was written for twelve year old girls. Oh. Like the entire cast is supposed to be a 12 year old, which is, and then the producer uh, basically said, You can't do that. With all the death and mayhem that's going to occur, you can't have these young girls. So then they, uh, that, that's clearly the an Italian thing. I think that would have been better. You know how crazy young girls are. Well, they said he didn't rewrite the script, which is why they sometimes act all strange or sticking their tongues out at each other. Yeah. And he raised the doorknobs on all the doors so that. It still looked like a young girl reaching up to try to open those doors and close the doors. And they're like, if you moment you notice it, you can't unsee it. Like the doorknobs are way higher than they should be. It's yeah. it's bizarre and strange. A lot of the now that you're saying that, a lot of the dialogue is very juvenile. Like when she first joins the company and she's in the locker room, that girls whose names start with S are snakes. And now I'm looking at. Clearly, the staircase; those are snakes. So you see snakes yep. over and over again. the The wallpaper in the bedrooms are snakes. Maybe I should look at my notes. It's clearly snake skin, and it's actually like kind of almost iridescent. It's kind of very interesting. Do you notice that? Yeah, I did. But it's not fully explained what the snake business is all about. 
Well, is it also kind of a foreshadowing, like, you two are snake, like snakes in the grass. You're going to betray us. Oh, that's a good one. Sarah and Susie. Because Sarah is the one who does the investigation before her untimely demise. And then Susie's the one who, spoiler alert, murders the invisible mother, Marcos, and then blows up the entire conservatory at the end. So, there you go. I, I put some notes like, at one point... The accompanist dog bites the little children of the damn kids. That was so bizarre, by the way. If that made no sense whatsoever. Yep. But my point is, if they can possess the dog to, like, kill the accompanist, why didn't they just possess it not to bite the weird kid? Well, and why... If we're to assume this was part of the witch's plot to get rid of the blind accompanist, why? Why did they just did fire him? him? Why did he, well, there was no scene of him like asking questions or getting curious. He was just playing the damn piano. And then they, they set him up to, you know, get fired and then get eaten by his own dog. Exactly. Why? Who knows? What was this, Nisser? And why was there like the bizarro manservant who they made a point of saying, oh, he had gingivitis. We so had all his teeth taken out. So now he has fake teeth. Oh. He smiles at people all the time. And this shit is, Why is so, that so European. Look at him, how ugly he is. Right. <laughs> well, it's a good thing he's uh, what he only speaks Romanian, so he can't understand anything they say anyway. So then, how so, do they tell him what the hell to do? Who the hell knows? These are all important questions that we may never know the answers to. Europe is not politically correct like Americans, so they might just point at you and go, "Oh, look, there's a very fat person. Isn't that amusing? Come look at the fat person." <laughs> <laughs> I, I hardly ever do that. Uh, so that's good to know. Only in Europe. Only in Europe. So, Anything else about this one? Lay it on me. Uh, I, I went through my notes. It pretty much covers it. The, the girl, you want to do a quick behind the scenes with this one? It probably makes more sense to d discuss cast right now. Uh, sure. We can do, we can do uh, the behind the scenes and the cast. All right. Because so, the main star... It, it is clearly uh, an Amer is an American. Yeah, her name's Jessica Harper. Who's been in stuff? She's been in a few things. She her looks big, so familiar to me. She her big claim to fame prior to this was she was in the Phantom of the Paradise. Ah! Why haven't yes. we reviewed reviewed the Phantom of the Paradise? That is a classic. Well, let's not get carried away. Brian De Palma, Kid, yeah, it, Kiss. Any movie that has Paul Williams in an important role. Paul Williams was the king. Was the king of the seventies, man. You couldn't have a, a Paul a, a movie or a Love Boat episode without Paul Williams. Straight up, Paul Williams. He was yeah. a music man. He wrote. He wrote some of our favorite music. She was in a handful of things. More recently, she played uh, the long-lost mother in uh, Minority Report with Tom Cruise. Um, and if you're paying close attention, she also makes a little cameo in... And Suspiria 2018 is Anka. As Anka, which we're going to talk about that bizarre subplot as well. <laughs> Once we get there. Uh, and of course, you got Udo Kier. What? As Dr. Frank Matt, you didn't see him in this? What? Yes. What happened to me? He was a young, svelte Udo uh, that uh, I think Susie meets him to talk about witches in the park. Oh, I'm going back. 
You got to. Dark hair. I totally devil. miss that because I've now framed. I do have an Udo Kier portrait hanging in my little bee room now. H- how could you miss that? I'm going back. I'm going to watch this for a third trip through. Now, another interesting thing, which I almost I noticed immediately, is Miss Tanner was played by an actress named Alita Volley, who we have seen in another movie. Eyes without a face. She was the. She go ahead and sing it. Take it. What? Got got no human race. That's right. She was the uh, the uh, physician's assistant, the nurse, whatever for the evil. Uh, I'm sorry, I got distracted looking up uh, Paul Williams' musical uh, career. Yeah. <laughs> She yeah, so she's in both these in these movies as well. And so. just to tell you, David Bowie covered some of his songs. Oh, good. And the Carpenters, "Rainy Days and Mondays Always Get Me Down," and I won't last the day without you. And we've only just begun. We've only just begun. So, oh, there you go. There's that's the rest of the Paul Williams. I was totally not listening to what you were saying before. What? All right. Do I need to repeat it? Yes. Uh, oh, Miss Tanner and, and the music for oh, uh, A Star, Star Is Born. Uh, which one? Uh, well, of course, the Streisand Chris Christopherson. Evergreen. Uh, he wrote Evergreen. Love soft a good as song. an easy chair. So don't soft you, as an don't easy you chair. Search Paul Williams, The Phantom of the Paradise, and a student of Great Aunt Marge, as she loved to tell me. Uh, she loved to tell you that. Yeah. She often mentioned Paul Williams was one of her students. Um, what I was going to say is Miss Tanner was also in Eyes Without a Face. So there you go. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I got it. I got it. The moment you see her, I mean, Miss Tanner's a large role. She's yeah. the one that she's dealing with most of the time. Yeah. Um, a lot of the the behind the scenes are just kind of interesting factoids about life uh, filming Italian films because they always redub them. Right. Uh, so is it everybody talks in their own language. Is that what the deal is? Yeah, well, they either talk in their own language or they talk in kind of broken English. They do their best, and sometimes it's just their best isn't good enough. Uh, but what they also said is that she would be acting in a scene, and in the background you'd hear like carpenters hammering set pieces because <laughs> they're all, they're going to redub it. Also, it doesn't matter. Right. And so there's also a scene where she's sitting down talking to the old German professor and he was unintelligible, <laughs> unintelligible. And you actually see her like start to like almost like laugh because she just had to wait until he stopped talking to deliver her line. Basically, <laughs> it was hopeless. Um, let's see. During the maggot scene. They did not use maggots. They just dropped rice on them from up above. So well, I mean, important. that was a, ma- a maggot. Well, when you pick it, when they zoom in on it and she's picking up, then it's a little maggot. But when it was just sprinkling them in their hair, those were not real maggots. So that's good to know. That's good There's to know. A lot. I, I wouldn't want that. Udo Kier's appearance was so rushed, he had no time to learn his lines or even read the script. So there's literally a crew oh person. Oh my God, I just Googled it. I would have never thought yep. that was Udo Kier. I assumed he was always old all his life. He was the young fetching doctor. Oh he was my the God. young doctor. He's a handsome devil. He was Not a quite... handsome devil. I wouldn't. I totally missed that that was Udo Kier. He I mean, did not look creepy like he usually does. That so is that's true. something. 
Uh, so crew member actually had to sit on the ground and say the lines out loud. And he would just repeat them. Uh, <laughs> because again, they're redubbing anyway. And in fact, they dubbed his voice with an American actor's voice anyway. So it didn't even matter. So that's probably what double threw me off too. Um, the script was written by Argento and his girlfriend, Dario Nicolotti. And the lead character was supposed to be played by Dario Nicolotti, who you remember from uh, Deep Red, who was like the reporter oh, in yeah. Deep Red. Yeah. Uh, what happened and... there? They broke up? No. I mean, basically, the studio said, if we're going to put this into American theaters, we need to have an American in that role. All right. So, and and did, that, did that work for them? Was it successful in the U.S.? And is this, in fact, Aja's uh, mother? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, I, I believe it was reasonably successful, right. but it wasn't, it didn't set the world on fire, as you might imagine. But it's, it's the one, it's the movie that most Americans know uh, Dario Argento for. All right. So there you go. And like, you know, horror purists all, you know, bow at its altar, basically. But I wasn't that impressed. Ain't gonna lie. Because uh, it ain't. It's it's because, as my Italian friend would say, there were no car chases or explosions. That's why Americans don't like it. It couldn't hurt. Throw a couple <laughs> in there. Throw a couple in there. I think um, it's funny that they are Dario and Daria. I do find that interesting as well. Uh, okay, how do you want to do this? you want to go jump right to Suspiria 18, or do you have anything else you want to say about 77? Um, I was busy Googling most popular... Uh, Dario Argento films. Oh, that's helpful. <laughs> so what do you, shall, shall we move on to the to the remake or the Let's reimagining? Let's move on to the reimagining. And I just found a quote from Udo Kier who claims he wants no part in this this travesty. What the remake? Yeah, he didn't want to be part of the reimagining. Not that I'm sure that anyone was asking him, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure they were pounding on his door. Come on, we can't do it. Come on, you. brother. Sweet Jesus. Now, this is the one with Tilda Swinton, uh, Dakota Johnson, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, and I think that's about it. It's a bunch of European actors. I will tell you, I love Tilda Swinton. So you better... Okay, by the way, Deep Red, Profondo Rosso, number one. Oh, really? Well, that then that restores my faith in the Phen- world. Phenomena, 1985, number two. Oh, interesting. And Suspiria number three. I'm not familiar with this number two, but it looks like people boiling in a slop, so I might have... <gasps> you know Phenomenon. Oh. It has uh, John Travolta, and he gets powers. Is that it? No, I don't know. Sure Maybe. Dramatic. It says, teenager who can control insects, befriends a chimpanzee, witnesses a murder, and is drawn into a mystery surrounding the killer's identity. Oh, I'm going to have to put that on the on the, on the thought. Just for the friends of pe- chimpanzee. He had me at and the friends of chimpanzee. And controls insects. So yes. that's like Ben with bugs. That sounds good. And a monkey, man. And a monkey. And a monkey. <laughs> throw a mo- it can't go wrong you throw a chimpanzee in there. All right. Let me, let, let me refocus myself because I feel like I'm exploding in every direction. All right. Now. Okay, go- give, give your quick summary of the the new one all if right. you will. so the reimagining Luca yes. guardanino which i've just mispronounced it but i don't care Luca guardanino 
He is Italian, and you may remember him for his Academy Award nomination of uh, the film that my mother said had too much semen in it. Oh, uh, Jesus. Call me by your name. Yep, that's did, true. Did you see that? I did not. There is a lot of semen. When it called, I did not answer. I, I had a friend who is obsessed with gay cinema, and... Uh, I, I made a vow to watch it because, and I was not supposed to tell her if I didn't like it because it would have somehow changed her, her thoughts about me. And okay. so I did not call her after I watched it. It was not my favorite. <laughs> and it wasn't because of, of uh, too much semen. Just telling you. Stop saying that word. <laughs> You're three for three now. Moving on. <laughs> All right. So, and well, let me set the stage. Please. I was dying to see this. I was dying to see this. I grabbed a whole bunch of people because one, it's artsy fartsy. Two, it actually came to my small village, the village of the damned. Yep. Uh, and so it, it was at one theater, the worst theater, the one by the mall, which, which I don't know about you, but that means it, it's beat the hell. And it's full of teenagers. But as you may guess, teenagers were not coming to see Suspiria 2018. Right. So, and this theater had recently been sprayed down for bed bugs. So Good. me and my much older friends were all there. It was fairly sold out, full of uh, people really rocking their Avenger gear and they're like D and D stuff. It, yep. it was catering to a certain type of person. It was freezing cold. I mean, I had a jacket on and I was almost blue. So add that to the fact that this is Berlin. It's snow. It's dark. It's raining. I literally thought at some point I was going to have hypothermia and they were going to wheel me out of the theater. Okay. So it, it opens up just like the other one. You have a person coming um, to, to uh, she's, first of all, her backstory makes no freaking sense. How is there's, she a ballet, There's much. How is she a ballet dancer and she's Amish? Was he trying, because of course we're dealing with another Italian who decided that it needs to be some kind of Amish thing, not realizing the Amish are not setting ballet for years. Anyway, anyway, she's escaping her Amish community very quickly, apparently, and uh, shows up to Ber for Berlin. This is not like Juilliard. These are for pro professionals who need special extra training for right. this bizarre, it's, it, it's barely even ballet. It's more like, what do you, what do you call that? You were theater. It's like modern jazz Mo or something. Modern, modern dance. Modern dance. It's yeah. all a lot of kind of seizures and sexual grindings. Anyway, this, is, this is different between the two movies. In the first movie, she's the daughter of a famous dancer and they're like thrilled that she's coming. This right. movie, she's like, hey, she just called them so often they they but were basically forced to allow her an audition. She was demanding an audition. Right. And, and they were very put out about it. Yep. Uh, whatever. One of the, one of the ladies was, uh, was like, okay, okay. And then they realized like, she's a, she's fantastic. She's fantastic. But it, the reality is they're picking up vibes off of her. They can yep. tell that there's, there's more than dance for this lady. But I would say it. So in the reimagining, 
I mean, there's some mention of witches at the very beginning, but you're not really yes. sure what you're, what that chick's saying. It's all very garbled. Here, it's bang. This place is full of witches. Right. There's, there's no mystery. There's no mystery. It's whether you believe it or not. Right. Well, it's a, it's a therapy session at the beginning of the movie with uh, Patricia again. Right. She's in there talking to her old, decrepit uh, doctor who I immediately noticed was obviously not a really old, decrepit person. Because I'm, at one point he's totally naked. And I'm like, why does he look so much younger naked? Because isn't it just the opposite? You would see all that creepy, wrinkly old man skin, which he really didn't have. Right. So, but I, I'm, t- I'm like, this is somebody in disguise. This is a plot point that's going to pop out. And it, it wasn't. Not. It was not. <laughs> they made someone look really old. Well, do you know who they made look really old? Is it Udo Kier? <laughs> it was Tilda Swinton. What? Yep. What? Yep. Oh, that was good. I would That's... have. I would have never. I mean, yes, she's androgynous, but uh, that is amazing. I so here's the thing. I'm I'm gonna jump in real quick. I immediately was like, "That's not a real old person." And then my I daughters was, are coming downstairs, I and I had to hit pause. Yeah, I I had to hit pause, and then immediately on Amazon Prime, when you do that, it pops up all the cast and who's playing anything, and then it said Tilda Swinton, Doctor Klemper. <gasps> told I, me that right out of the gate, spoiled it for me. Oh so. no, because yeah, yeah, that's not really you. Never figure that out. No, it, it, it's but not. But here's anything... the question. Here... Go ahead. Okay, no, 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 that's not it. Because the interesting plot point, if you were going to do that, is to have that reveal that it actually is Tilda Swinton's character. You know what yeah. I mean? Like she's yep. finding out information like she's through witchcraft has transformed herself that might have been more interesting than this they have all these backstories going on yes, that really they do. don't matter they don't matter at all i'm um, all the terrorism the red army red uh, army faction the lufthansa the, the, yeah yeah mogadishu and all that it it doesn't matter because it doesn't you don't it, it doesn't matter that all of germany is tense and stressed out I mean, are they trying to imply that people see are nervous and that they're seeing witches just because of all the tension that's going on? No, you don't well, need any of that. Well, it takes place in 1977. It's kind of an homage, but they make a point to dwell on kind of the, the sociopolitical aspects of of uh, West Berlin at that time. Which is nothing like, for the story. They try to imply that the first girl was an, engaged in that, but that didn't matter either. Right. You didn't There's need a, to have that at all. The the weird old doctor subplot really served no purpose. It served no purpose. He, 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 during the war, was separated. They made a point. With um, his, from his wife. They made a point of show, making him Jewish because back in the day, psychiatry was the Jewish science. Okay. Uh, and they had to make a big point that he was separated with his wife. And then the, later on, the witches were like, she told you you should have left, but you don't believe women. Right. You, you know, you call them delusional when they're telling you the truth. Right. So, I mean, they were all over the place. So, we could have cut out the the political unrest in Germany in 77. Yep. 
And this whole doctor story, it doesn't matter. It does edit added about an hour too much. At least for openers. I mean, frankly, like the, the Amish subplot, which again, also all these things makes are flashbacks. No it's all flashbacks. It's all fl- so you get a five minute. Here's like an old woman in an Amish community in a bed who's Weezing obviously very and dying. That made more sense because there's that scene right before she dies where she says, Susanna was my sin, was my first sin that I smeared upon the world. So that's supposed to be the clue that Susanna is not is more than she appears. And then there were these flash cuts of a kid in a closet in the Amish community and murder yes. and death. And I couldn't figure out what the hell that was. Right. It was like basically what was happening is, is Susanna was, were, was having these dreams. So we'd see these dreams, but they were literally just like little snippets of images. So they're her memories, right? I get. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. Maybe. But it, again, it's like this is again kind of that artistic thing we're going. We're going for kind of a mood that we're trying to, you know, lay upon you rather than dazzle you with story. I would you know like I mean? just for once, like a linear storyline. Well, is that too or, much to ask? Or or just a, 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 a... It doesn't even have... I mean, I enjoyed Memento. That was the anything but a linear story. But it was a reverse linear story. But... It made sense, though. It, it made sense. How about where, some logic? Where the first movie did not have enough plot to suit me, they put like <laughs> 10 times as much as they needed in this one. They thought they, they'd fix it this way. They right. thought they would fix that. And they also said, you know, we're going to take the first Suspiria movie. You know what this movie's missing? We need more dancing. Boy. More dance rehearsal. More dance. Pra- it was literally like the Devil's Alley scene from Staying Alive. You get that reference. It was like. I never saw Staying Alive. Be, be so obviously, thankful. you're much more into the dance than I. And much more. Personally, I hate dance and I hate ballet. I hate an American in Paris. Only because there's too much dancing. I fast forward. I'm one of those people who fast forward through the dance. Nana took me to the ballet. I proceeded to lay across three aisles and snore. She had to take me out during recess and make me walk around. And I immediately <laughs> laid back across three seats and went back to sleep. Dance, they call it intermission. Dance not is recess. not my jam. <laughs> dance is not my jam, but actually this didn't really bother me. Uh, quite frankly, the, the strange dance with, with the red strings, I thought that was kind of interesting. If ballet was only like 20 minutes, well, I could be down with that. And then well, I that's, leave. That's what we're talking. It's like basically so for the grand performance of a ballet called Volk, which is German for people. People. <laughs> people. Uh, like the Volkswagen. That's right. They basically said, here, put on these granny panties. And then cover yourself in red yarn. That's it's, your it's, that's your costume. Well, and, what'd you want? Just the JJ in a string? I don't know. That's basically what they were doing. And then they said, Hey Dakota Johnson, I'm gonna give you crazy like white makeup and crazy eyebrows, like Adamant meets Peter Gallagher. And that's gonna be your uh, uniform on the stage for some bizarre reason. Because people uh, won't know you're the star by how you're dancing. They won't know where to look, I guess. Unless you have big, crazy eyebrows. that You gotta have the big, crazy eyebrows. Otherwise, everyone's confused. Much like the audience. And the interesting part is, this is a ballet that was written in 1943. 
That's what they kept talking about. This is their famous piece that, that took them through the war. Okay. Wasn't that her jib jab? I'm sure. I, I tried to Google it. I could not find anything on oh, it's not uh, a real folk ballet? ballet or folk musical or folk anything. I want folk the musical. That's the one I want. Sweet oh Jesus. Oh my God. <gasps> Suspiria the musical. Sweet Jesus. Just what, watch this. What if you flip this on the side and, and made it like a, a, a musical, uh, like funny? This could be genius. Someone in Hollywood, write this down. Yeah, pl- please do another reimagining. <laughs> I'm going to double reimagine it. We're going to lean heavily on the RAF all through this. Anyway, so Kevin doesn't like the dance, but it didn't bother me. In fact, are we going to, I mean, basically it's the same story. The end is different. Uh, it, I feel like this movie is very different in a lot of ways. Again, right. in the first movie, Susie is like the victim, right? She's the protagonist. She's trying to figure out what's going on. In this movie, Susie is different. At no time are you concerned for her safety even a little bit. She nor, always seems... Nor does she seem scared. She never seems scared. People are trying no. to help her, and she's like, what if, Ski? Right. And uh, Madame Blanc, uh, in this movie, seems very sympathetic to her. Yes. And like, at one point, in a bizarre I moment... I thought they were going to be lovers. You know what? Just because women are close doesn't mean that they have those proclivities. Thank you very much. I'm just much. saying, me and my friends uh, don't, I don't want to like, hear about climb into each other's bed and hold our hands for a long time. You know, staring into each other's staring eyes. Staring intently into each other's eyes. Well, and they start communicating telepathically with no preamble. Just suddenly, Tilda Swinton walks into a room and they're like talking to each other in their mind. And Miss Block like, is not surprised by that. No. Well, they do. They go back and forth again. Miss Blanc in the first movie is a, is another villain, right? Another one of the evil witches. And this one, Miss Blanc, is a totally different type of character. That's Tilda Swinton. Miss Blanc um, in the first one looked like Miss Trixie, my tap and ballet teacher, like like the a, an ancient like old French lady who used to be the grand dame and still expects people to run up and, and kiss her toes. This one. Tilda Swinton is more militaristic, yet uh, still kind of a human. It's a whole different character. Well, I mean, there's definitely, that's what's fun. So on Susie's first day, they tell her, oh, Patricia disappeared to join the cause. Yeah. To blow stuff up, I guess. Yeah, the Red Army. Uh, and at the first rehearsal, Olga flips out and tells her, oh, your lies and hypocrisy. It's like, there are a lot of red, fl- a lot of red flags here, uh, Susie. I don't know what you're thinking. If this is really where you want to join, Olga's a totally different character in this movie as well. In the in the first movie, she's kind of like bitchy and you know, pay me up front kind of thing. You guys are all snakes. In this one, she's like almost like uh, Sarah Light, where she does the first accusation, right. And suffers the horrible consequences. Yeah, if you think they're freaking witches, you don't want to start screaming you're witches. You make up some effing excuse and, and sneak out in the middle of the night or, or broad daylight. Get on a, a bus and get the hell out of there. If, yeah. if you think someone's coming to murder you, you don't go, you're, trying, you're a murderer. You right. just get the hell out of there. 
Don't tip your hand. Don't just, tip just your hand. Everything's door. cool. Everything's great. Make plans for the next day and then run like hell. Leave all your stuff there. Just get the hell out of there. I mean, Olga's scene is probably one of the most disturbing right. moments in the world. The whole reason to see this movie is Olga's death. It Which is, happens pretty early. It happens very early, and uh, it's very disturbing and yet very creative. Well, because that's the thing. It's like the, the first main death is Patricia in the first movie. In this one, Patricia kind of disappears. You don't really know what happened to her until later in the movie. Right, Olga's, right. Olga's the one who takes the hit in this one. It was... It was brutal. It was rough. It was, she's getting snapped around and... All right, so, so what happens is is uh, our star is volunteered to play the lead, to dance the lead role, even though she has never rehearsed it, but has yeah. seen it uh, many times. But yeah. somehow knows this complicated dance that other people have studied for 10 years. Yeah. So, so you see Tilda Swinton touching her hands and feet, and electrical charge goes through. Right. So she's dancing. Meanwhile, Olga is in the rehearsal hall downstairs, stumbles in and can't get out. So as Dakota Johnson dances, Olga is being thrown against her will. Like her body is doing whatever Dakota's body is doing. But like a rag doll. It, like a rag doll. So she you hear bones breaking, things are crunching, she's peeing herself. That was bad. It was the one of the most gruesome and terrifying. Her body I mean, it looks like she was at the end, she looks like she's uh, been hit by a car and thrown off uh like the Sears Tower. Well, it's interesting is that was done with no CGI. That uh -oh. actress is just a contortionist. Oh. Well, it's, it's that rough. would explain why she looked like she was 40 and at the dance yes. academy. Yes, I noticed that as well. Everybody else seemed young and fresh, and then there's this woman, and like, she seems a little, yeah. let's just say, uh, experienced. Experience, <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, choreography is where you need to start heading this day. Yeah. The rest <laughs> of us, I'm always uh, impressed with the, the ballet dancers because they literally have the straightest spine. Like, there's a, a pull on their spine. Yeah. And they, yep. they smoke about three packs a day. Well, it's it's uh, Berlin in the 70s, I guess, is how it rolls. Berzikoff smoked three packs a day. And then five minutes later, the old witch women come in with, like, meat hooks. Oh, yeah. And don't and hurt our Olga. Don't hurt our Olga. I'm, I'm like, I think the hooks may have hurt her. The, the hooks may have done it. Right. They hook her and just drag her off somewhere. So lovely. We get to see the, the hooks going in. So that oh, scene's probably the, the most, uh, the scene from this movie. <laughs> the most disturbing scene. It, it, uh, it's the most disturbing. This is the, the, the reason to see this movie, I think. So then another highlight, I don't know if that's what you want to call it, is literally the climax, where it's like, now there's a, an ancient satanic ritual going on downstairs. Uh, all right, with so all the naked dancers. We should talk about the difference. The end of the first movie is is our, our heroine discovers the old woman who, I don't know, they're going to sacrifice her to bring the old woman back. She manages to, to kill her. Even though she's invisible. Even though she's invisible, that she manages to see like an outline and kills her. And when she kills her, the whole place catches on fire, burns down. She escapes into the night. All right. Right. 
Yep. The ending for this is is different. I mean, the idea totally. is that she is going to be the one who gives Mother Marcos back her life and her energy, but it doesn't end the same way. Well, and you see Mother Marcos, who is also played by Tilda Swinton as well. Tilda Swinton, Tilda Swinton in this movie is basically Eddie Murphy in Coming to America. She plays half the roles herself. All right. So there you go. Then let me, first of all, old Luca and Tilda collaborate all the time. She's been, yeah. I don't know, six or seven of his movies. They, they yeah. are fast friends. Yeah. Uh, but why does she have second billing? Why would Dakota Johnson have billing over Tilda Swinton? When, when in any world with any sanity would frickin' Dakota Johnson ever get well, billing over that? She actually doesn't. Do you want me to tell you this? The number one billed person is the actress who played Patricia, Chloe Grace Moretz, who's in six minutes of the movie. She's number one billed. Tilda Swinton is number two. Dakota Johnson's number five. At the end, it shows Dakota Johnson, then Tilda Swinton, though. At the oh, end credits, end credits show that. Because well, I was like, what? Very upsetting. Because, come on. I mean, this is probably the best thing that Cody Johnson ever did, but mostly because of the athleticism. Because, I mean, she's not, uh, she's the Kevin Costner, I think, of a female. Oh, actress. she's she's not. She's. Uh, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> I, right, let's the, get back to the story. Go for That's it. Go to the script. This. So yes. we're down in, uh, and here they're taking a nod to the Argento. We're down in a, in a room with just red, red, red. Yeah. There's all kinds of flipping out. Yeah. You, you see, uh, as you say, Tilda Swinton, it, it looks like Job of the Hut. And first I thought it was just her breasts were leaking. Then I realized there's liquid squirting out all over her crazy, disgusting, festery body with baby hands on her shoulders. You saw that? <laughs> she had a crazy baby <laughs> hands for no reason. And like a penis in her stomach. I don't even know what that was. Was that a, a was... lipoma? What was that? She, she was not having a good day. Let's she just was... say that. Oh my God. But she had the full on job of the hut mouth yes. with the tongue yep. that kept flapping around. Yep. Oh yeah. That, that was Mother Marcos. That was Mother Marcos. So the idea was that uh, Dakota was supposed to give herself willingly. I think Mother Marcos was supposed to like p- basically possess young redheaded Dakota Johnson. Why is she redheaded? That that red hair was so bizarre to me. Anyway, yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, oh my God! I'm, I'm, Tilda Swinton tries to stop the whole thing from happening, saying she's getting a vibe. This doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right. So Mother Marcos just basically looks at her and like her head just starts peeling off. Well, she kind of like waves her arm at her yeah. like a karate chop and like literally half her head gets chopped off. So that was lovely. Bye bye. At, at one Swift. point, they kind of pu- push her head back up and she comes back to life. It's, right. It's like the battery's not making full contact. And- oh, God. <laughs> right. Oh, oh my God. And so the ending, sweet baby Jesus, is flailing around. It is uh, killing Mother Marcos. You, you discover 
that uh, Dakota Johnson is Mother Superior, uh, Superior, Superiorum of the three mo- ancient mothers of the Earth, well, which something or other, like they're their deities, kind of basically Mother Marcos had claimed to be one of these ancient mothers. That's why they call her Mother Marcos. But the reveal is that it's all BS. She isn't really one of the ancient mothers. And in fact, Dakota Johnson is one of the mothers. Exactly. That's the switch. And apparently knows it all along. Yes. And is here to anyone who supported Marcos with her false claims. Yeah. The head's got blown up. The head's got blown up. Mother Marcos for for claiming to be her head's got blown up. Uh, Then she went around, and I can't figure out if if all the witches died or just the damaged ones. They had a choice of she was granting wishes, and they they were all like, yeah, death. That sounds good. Yeah, it was. So she blow all the witches who had voted for Mother Marcos got their heads exploded. The three women. Uh, were basically like zombies. Right. There was like Sarah, Patricia, and I think it was Olga yeah. was the third one, who were all kind of just zombified. She went up to them one at a time and said, what do you wish, my love, or something like that? And they said death. So she released them from their zombie-ish existence, I guess. I guess. While the other dancers just kept dancing around. Flailing, I think, is the word. Flail- flailing is a good word. Sweet Jesus. I at least understood what was happening in this movie much more than I did in the other one, in spite of the director's best efforts. <laughs> I, I felt like he was going out of his way to make it as bizarre and confusing as he possibly could. Yeah, because so. now at this point, now you have Dakota Johnson going back to to the, the doctor, uh, yeah. releasing him of everything and his guilt and all that, which unnecessary because you didn't really need to have much of him anyway. Well, that was the thing. He was just like, I will release you of this guilt and shame so you won't remember Sarah or Patricia or your wife. I will take all these... So you're going to take the memory of my wife away too? So I have a seizure. I'm like, oh, cool. Now I have amnesia or dementia. Yeah, exactly. And and you just told me, I told you everything that happened to your wife and then immediately erased the memory. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for nothing. It reminded me of what we do in the shadows when they overly erased uh, the one. Yes. one two, I'm like, is he going to remember how to eat soup after this? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> what if What if she erased too much? Sweet Jesus. And then he was Stuff. like having a seizure. I was like, what's he happening? Did. He had an aneurysm or something. And then he was, I wasn't sure. Then he was all happy. He was fine, but he didn't recognize his nurse either. He's like, Fussy's bus. I don't know what he said. Boss he, said boss. <laughs> he said something. Uh, he, any other highlights? Vice beer, bitter. Twenty. One more beer, yeah. please. Yeah. Thank you. I speak a little German. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm practically fluent. There you go. <laughs> Anything else? Any other highlights from Suspiria 18 you want to talk about? I mean, really, the, the, those are the two highlights. The dance. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh! The one chick. Who's snooping around? Who discovers the secret? And she's running down the hall, and her yeah. foot falls in the hole, and you got a yep. compound break with a bone sticking out. Oh, mother of God! That was not so, not a good one. That was so gruesome. And, and, and she's still trying to run away, and they come with the hooks and drag her off too. And and they they are so powerful. They rubbed her 
her her leg and the bone uh, cured, and then they threw her back out on the dance. They threw her back on the dance floor, but evidently, and this was not really explained, it's like Dakota Johnson, I guess, started freestyling in the middle of the dance, and that caused the girl's leg to break again, which is it, what caused the problem. It disrupted the magic, I guess. Right. I thought it was like a cure, but it was like like a, like a force field. It must be some kind of like a force field that, that holds the thing together, so the minute that they think otherwise or something disrupts something. it, it all goes back. Something. So yeah, that 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 was uh, yeah, but that that was pretty gruesome. That was gruesome, but I gotta tell you, after seeing Olga, oh, yeah. like I was like any, I was down for anything at that stage of the game. There's <laughs> nothing they could show me that would that would bother me too badly. Uh, do you want to jump to behind the scenes? Please do. Uh, like we said, Tilda Swinton played everything, not one, not two, but three roles for no reason. There was no, it was just literally just like, hey, that'd be kind of fun if you played multiple roles. Cool. I'm in. Uh, so the guy, Yosef, the old uh, uh, psychologist or psychiatrist, his wife, Anka, who was allegedly dead, who had died years ago, but was, I guess, conjured up right. by the witches, yeah, to, was to played by. over to the, the theater. Was, I guess because he was asking too many questions. He was talking to Sarah. He came. He, to the sent, he sent the police. Remember? Oh, that's oh. Oh, God, oh that is that your scene. favorite scene? When they're, when they're no. It, see, this is what I was talking about. This is every man's fear. Women, yep. women get together and they laugh at men's penises. This is every man's fear. They're, that's they what were, they do. They were like poking it with a stick and laughing at it. Oh my God, I hope those actors got extra money. Is he better? Sweet Jesus. <laughs> he, had, he had to get special counseling after that scene. Uh, so Jessica Harper, who played Susie in the first movie, is back in a cameo as Anka. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the ghostly dead wife. Absolutely. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, Dakota Johnson completed two years of ballet training in preparation for her role in this film. Interesting. She was a uh, string bean. She was very athletic and, and down to bones for sure. She, she, did, uh, she did do some athletic work for this because this is a very athletic performance. Oh, no question. So, I mean, her she, dancing, I didn't have an issue with her quality of dancing. Let's say that. Yeah. It, it was just the acting. <laughs> It was just the act. We're going to talk about old Dakota. Um, the original movie was vibrant, vibrant colors. Right. That's what they were going for, reds and blues. This one, they went the opposite direction and went for winterish and bleak. Uh, whites and grays is what they were going. It was constantly snowing. Oh, my God. I told you, I was just shaking. I, was, I thought I had hypothermia being in the freezing theater and then just watching the drizzle and the snow. I mean, I've been in Berlin, but it was in July. <laughs> it was not freezing in snow. Yeah, right. Um, Dario Argento uh, gave permission to produce this remake, but he did not like the uh, the final product. I understand. Did he give specifics go. or just said, nah? He says, either you do it exactly the same way, in which case it's not a remake, it's a copy, which is pointless. Right. Or you change things and make another movie. In that case, why call it Suspiria? Oh, but, you know, he liked money, so he said, why not? He also said it betrayed the spirit of the original film. There is no fear. There is no music. The film has not satisfied me so much. All right. There is no there music. Go. In the ballet, they're just flopping around. And I'll have you know, Goblin's still alive. because 
the band it's not there's not like literally a goblin who makes the music as far as i know dude i told you i was in fiesta a roman amphitheater dario Gento was there getting an award and then it was a concert by goblin and then we watched profonda rosa and i had some wacky little six-year-old behind me screaming out all the lines in italian behind me i was like your, your parents need to be arrested anything goes as far as they're concerned so goblin uh, is alive and well it's a dude is it i thought it was a band well i mean, I mean he's got backup it's basically a guy okay uh let's jump right to the cast again tilda swinton you know her from 10 million different things i love her in constantine constantine's one of my favorite movies Yep, she was in uh, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. She was in Doctor Strange, Snowpiercer. She was in Adaptation, uh, a bunch of different things. I hate Adaptation. And then she's done a bunch of movies, including I Am Love with this director. Yeah, she did a bunch of stuff with this director. Glory Grace Moretz, who played Patricia, you've seen her. She was in the American version of Let Me In, Let the Right One In. Oh, I have uh, seen in, that. I'll have to check that out. She was in the remake of Carrie... Uh, uh, she was in Kick Ass, um, and now I think we should talk about Dakota Johnson. Uh, yeah, Dakota Johnson is famously the daughter of Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith. Fifty Shades uh, of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, I just don't find her very impressive. No, in any. I mean, I, I compare her. I mean, sure, she's a very nice person, but I compare her unfavorably to like Jessica Styles in the '90s, uh, kind of a, a random girl. Winona Ryder. No, I, I I put Winona much higher. Oh, than Dakota. But it's like kind of a a seemingly ordinary person who they'd all decide studio execs decide that this is the next big thing, and they put her in a bunch of things. Why? I don't understand. I don't know why. She just is a bizarre... To me, she's a strange choice for this. I mean, she's weak. She's a weak actress. She's just kind of whatevs. Yeah. She's just kind of whatevs. Maybe that's that's what they didn't want. I mean, that's what they wanted. They just wanted whatevs. Who was willing to do dance for two years to prepare for this shit. Right. She wasn't like, you didn't watch and go, oh my God, she's horrible. No. But you're not like, I have to watch her and see what she does either. She's, she's not electrifying. She's Kevin, she's Kevin Costner. She's, <laughs> early Kevin Costner is better than late model Kevin Costner. I will say that. I mean, because uh, literally this character has no emotions. It, it's right. kind of like she's just the same all the way through. And I think that damages the movie, that there's no fear from her. She's just, de- to- she's dead inside right. from back. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, no, so that's no, the cast. No curiosity, no concern, no fear. Nothing seems to bother her. She's so bold as at, at one point she's telling the, Tilda Swinton how, how the play should be going. The, the, this famous play from the 40s that, that you know, they're all famous for. Well, because it sets up the twist at the end. Right? right, that's why she's not concerned or bothered, but it damages it. So it's just like then it's almost like then she shouldn't have been the central character. Like Sarah should have been the central character. It should have been much more of the fear of what's going on. Yeah, why is everyone mind. around her concerned and they're trying to tell her? I mean, in the first one, 
she's drugged half the time. So, right. you know, that's understandable. This one, you're like, hmm. She doesn't care. She doesn't. Well, she, so- she doesn't care. She's, I mean, she's demanding to get in here. Yeah. She's in control. She seems to be in control of the narrative. Yeah. I'm going to dance the lead and you're going to let me. Yeah. Well, and Mother, Mother Marcos, when she finally meets her, is literally like, you're going to go away. I'm going to take your body. Like, telling her all the horrible things that are potentially going to happen to her. And she doesn't care. She's like, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's I'm ready. go. Let's yeah. do this. So, yeah. It's it's a bizarre choice. Like, well, like, if that's your whole point is to set up this twist, then I guess that's how you got to do it. But I, I just don't think it's as... as uh, Good for the the fear, but you know. is it even a twist? Because you see her crazy mom talking about that she's like this bad yes. bad kind of crazy thing. And what's the deal with her mom is wheezy and Mother Marcos is wheezy? They all got the asthma. Oh yeah. I, I I mean, are they the same? What are they trying to say? What 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 is that? Are they the same person? Could be. I fuck. I don't, I don't know. know. This we'll, we'll never know the answers to these questions. I'm sad to say. No. Uh, shall we jump right to the ratings? All right. So th- what do you th- got? That, that's all your behind the scenes stuff. That's it. I'm moving on with my life. Moving on. All right. So uh, I think we should do a rating for each movie individually. Okay. And then uh, we will decide which one we like better. Well, let me tell you, the original Suspiria has a 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. That's bold. I think that's ridiculous. But go ahead. What's your rating? Well, I I will tell you, I probably do like the original Suspiria better than the remake. Okay. Just for how short it is. I like it better (laughs) than the original. But but, uh, so you would never, you would not recommend either one. I wouldn't recommend either one. I, I would recommend the uh, the shorter one, or if you're just really interested in creative deaths, uh, you might want to check out that terrifying dance scene at the beginning, and then turn it off because then you'll save yourself about two hours. Please. Okay. So, what's your rating for the original Suspiria? So, the original Suspiria, because of its historical significance and its interesting take on things, I. Am going to give it uh, four uh, Anthony Bourdain's out of five. Four out of five Anthony Bourdain's. I will give it two out of four maggots falling from the ceiling. <laughs> uh, the, the second, the remake, the reimagining of Suspiria has 66% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Obviously, a precipitous drop. What would you give that one? First of all, the the stupid Cannes Film Festival and the Biennale in Venice steered me wrong. That both were labeling these genius, damn European <laughs> movies. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give the dance scene uh, a five out of five. Ooh. Uh, let let me see here. Five out of five. Tilda Swinton's. Uh, the movie as a whole. I'm going to have to give it, um, oh, Lord. I'm going to give it one, uh, fuck, I can't even think of anything creative. I'm going to give it one out of a five. One out of five. 
Okay. I, I gave it I gave it one out of four exploding heads. So I would definitely I I'm would gonna give it one Mother Marcos. How about that? There, one vestigial hand is what I will give it. <laughs> one baby hand out of five. Yes, basically. <laughs> now the, the the first one I just I found it kind of boring, kind of nondescript. I had a I had a couple good moments that I enjoyed. This one was just so long. So much modern dance and so much seemingly like mindless, random, like potentially trying to be spooky imagery. And it's also like, and I had no kind of visceral fear reaction to either of these movies. I, I mean, when they're supposed to be scary. There's so, so much extraneous information. I'm like, it, it's like all, it's a, a solid hour of red herrings that have nothing. They don't, it doesn't further the plot. It adds nothing yep. to the story. Yep. Yeah. It, it's bullshizzy. Go with the Argento. Or read a book would be my advice. Damn you. So there you have it. Thank you very much for joining us. Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Go to our page on Twitter at T podcast TW die. You may email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. Like, share, subscribe, and rate. Aaron, you are also on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I am the cult of Aaron. Join the cult. How come we haven't done any horror movies about cults? Are there none? Or is cult itself a horror movie? I'm sure we could find one. I Blood mean, Orgy the She-Devil. Oh, my God. Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but think about it. Are there any... I mean, I guess this coven could be like a cult. But... Wicker Man? Oh, what about Midsummer? Is that a fake Wicker Man? I've been thinking about watching that. Put that we on could our list. We could definitely add that to the list. All right. So, thank you very much, and be well. Wear a goddamn mask, you idiots. <laughs>